It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to Locked On 76ers. I'm your host, Keith Pompey. Happy Thursday to you. It's Thursday, February the 13th. For some of you players out there, it's the day before Valentine's Day, so um, better make sure you get your, your significant other something. You better hurry. You got, like, what, a day <laughs> to do something. So you better go out there and, you know, get the a lady, get your guy, whatever, get someone, um, your daughter, that's what I do, I buy my daughter stuff for Valentine's Day, I want her to, to know what she should get, <laughs> what she deserves, you know what I mean, so, you know, I go out, get her mom some stuff, and I get her stuff as well, you know, gotta give them both some flowers, and things like that, so, you know, my, uh, my sidekick is as a, as a caller, so she knows, like, you know, this is how a, a, a man should treat me, or, or a guy that I'm a boyfriend, I'm dating, whatever, you know, at least give, give, give me a card or something, so that's where we are, but um, in a little bit, a couple hours, I'm about to hop on this plane, um, fly to Chicago for All-Star Weekend, um, Get ready. A lot of the media availabilities starts tomorrow on Friday. So I'll be there for that. And, um, of course, you guys know on Sunday, Joel Embiid is going to play in his third All-Star game. Ben Simmons is going to play in his second. Um, this year they're going to be on different teams. But uh, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. The two faces of the franchise uh, representing... Uh, the Sixers in the uh, All-Star game. But um, I really want to talk about Al Horford today. I'll say a little bit about Al, and we can discuss some other things afterwards. But, um, you know, Al Horford is a guy who you have to pose this question. Is it the player or is it the system? I mean, seriously. Is it the player or is it the system? 
And what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of people are criticizing Al. You know, a lot of people are saying this guy, you know, robbing the Sixers blind. Now, my man is getting $97 million guaranteed over four years, which is a lot of money, especially for a guy who, who's 33 years old right now. Um, and um, there have been times when he's been out of sync, and there's been times when he's on the floor with Joel Embiid that he doesn't look well. He doesn't look good at all. I mean, there are times he's just out there. You know, it looks like he's more competing in a track meet than he is uh, a basketball game because he's running up and back, up and back, up and back, up and back, like a conditioning drill, right? But is it the player or is it the system, right? And I think it's more of the latter because when you take Al Horford, or you take Joel Embiid out the game, and Al Horford's in there, and he's playing. He looks like the old Al Horford. He looks like the Al Horford that the 76ers gave $97 million guaranteed to. The reason why they gave it to him. And when you look at Al Horford, it brings up a lot of things in the past. There's been a lot of guys recently who have come through and the Sixers fans have destroyed and said they were sorry, and said they were stealing money. The number one guy who comes to mind is Jared Bayless. Jared Bayless, when he came here, he was a backup combo guard. He played both positions. He was, he was a guy who had the, a rhythm type of player, a guy who had the ball in his hands, and he would razzle-dazzle people, so to speak, and he would step out and hit threes. Well, he comes to the Sixers. And initially, they're saying he's going to be the starting point guard. And he's going to play alongside Ben Simmons. We all knew Ben Simmons was going to be, at that particular time, Ben was going to be the point forward. Ben Simmons was going to quarterback the gym. But Bayless was going to be the point guard, so to speak. And Bayless would be the guy who would, you know, play off of Ben, so to speak. But he would have the razzle-dazzle. He would do all these other things and things like that. And he would be able to step out and hit a three. Well, that never happens because Bayless has a a messed up wrist that he only played, I think, you know, X amount of games. The season was cut short, what have you. Um, He tried to come back and then he couldn't do it. And then Nick Ben was hurt. So the following year, all of a sudden, Ben becomes the point guard. Bayless becomes a bench player, right? But the thing is that he wasn't utilized the way that they said they were going to utilize him. So what happens is Jared Bayless is always in the corner, always in the corner doing catch and shoots, and he struggled. Why? Because it wasn't his game. It wasn't his game. As much as Nick Stauskas was known as a three-point shooter, he would tell you standing in the corner and catching and shooting was not his game either. Now, Nick Stauskas, some of you may argue, is a bad example because he's no longer in the league. I understand that. But 
part of the problem is you come here and you 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 you're you're kind of like it's kind of like you're trying to fit a fit of a square peg in a round circle. It's not going to fit. Now, in Nick Skowska's thing, you know, after that, he was deemed a bust. Because this was his second place, his second stop. He was deemed a bust. He goes and he gets traded. He goes to another team. He gets traded. Traded. He became a trade ship chip until finally he's just out of the league. Right? So, I'm saying this to say that, and we could go on and on. Trevor Booker. Trevor Booker was known as, a, not, I'm not going to call him a goon, but he was an enforcer. He was in the NBA known as a guy who came in and like set hard screens. He got under people's skin. He did all types of things. Next thing you know, he's in the corner shooting corner threes here. The guy asked to be traded, asked to be waived. Because he knew his thing was a, a career suicide. Amir Johnson. Amir Johnson was a, a, a energy guy, power forward. A guy who would come in, set hard screens. He played with Al Horford in Boston. He played with, um, he played in Toronto where he was the power forward. He was the energy guy. A tough, willed guy. He comes here, he gets paid, and he's the backup center. A backup center who, when he gets in, they got him shooting threes, or he's trying to shoot threes. That's not his game. You know, it, it was just, he looked out of whack. Now, the thing is, Bayless was traded to Minnesota out of the league. Booker got bought out. He goes to Indiana, out of the league. Amir Johnson doesn't get re-signed, out of the league. Now, if you're a J.J. Reddick type or someone like that, of course, this is a great place for you because that type of stuff fits your skill set. So, so, and here's another one that a lot of people don't even want to talk about. At this time last year, people in Philly were calling Jimmy Butler a bust. This time last year, people in Philly wanted the Sixers to trade Jimmy Butler. They were some people were like, "Man, how come they didn't trade him?" At this time last year, people in Philly raved over Tobias Harris. Everyone said, "We got him. We got our guy." We got our guy. They can let Jimmy go now. They can let Jimmy go. Just think about it. There was times where Jimmy Butler had four points. Yep. Games where Jimmy had two points, four points, what have you. Shot the ball three times. Sometimes, you know, it was it was crazy. He was just running, like, like I said, Al Horford. Running up and down track meet. That was Jimmy Butler. Commercial break. I'll be right back. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. 
Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, you're right. Like I said, that was Jimmy Butler. Al Horford was Jimmy Butler running up and down the court. And I kept saying to people, just wait till the playoffs come. Wait till the playoffs come. Wait till the playoffs come. The playoffs came. Next thing you know, the first playoff game, Jimmy had 30-something. Sixers lost that game. But Jimmy had 30-something points in the first playoff game. Right? Everyone was like, wow, that's Jimmy. But he realized they lost it because other folks didn't get involved. So what did Jimmy do? He started sacrificing his game, his offensive game, and became more of a distributor. He got made sure that J.J. got involved. He made sure that Tobias Harris got involved. And we all knew that Embiid was going to get his. We just knew that, right? So, what happens? Jimmy becomes the team's best player in the playoffs. I believe he was the leading scorer, too. And next thing you know, everyone now is like, wow, we miss Jimmy. But there was a while, the stuff that we're saying, stuff we're saying about Al Horford, people were saying about Jimmy. But the thing is, they act like Jimmy just didn't care. That Jimmy didn't do anything. Because all Jimmy kept saying was, hey man, I'll just do what I'm told. I'm just doing I'm just doing my job, playing my role. Now, we can even you can even talk about Tobias Harris a little bit. Tobias Harris averaged twenty point nine points be, with the Clippers before he was traded to Philadelphia. Right? He shot like 40-something percent on threes. The brother was having a career year. Now he's another guy in that corner. Another guy that sometimes he gets off, sometimes he doesn't. But all these guys are all rhythm-type players. Not Amir, not Trevor. They were more like physical guys. I'm not going to call them enforcers, but they were like, you know what I mean? Like pick-setting energy guys but all these guys became a shell of themselves so when I say is it the player or is it the system the system works for some people but there are certain people that it just doesn't fit and Al Horford he came off the bench the last game he played well He had nine points on three for four shooting. He had two blocks. You know, he was getting assists. He was doing everything that that, that he normally does when Embiid doesn't play. It's just that when they play together, you can't tell the difference between Al. Well, if it wasn't for skin complexion, you wouldn't know the difference between Dario Sarge and Al Horford. You just don't. They're up at the elbow or 
at the three-point line shooting set-shot three-pointers. I mean, so it's easy to criticize a player because they don't fit into the system. And maybe you can say to the team, like, why would you go after a guy like that if you know they don't? Or you say, hey, maybe it's up to the coaching staff to defy or to come up with some plays or something that will help this player better utilize his skill set, which would help the team out. So there's a lot going on right there, a lot. But, I mean, I just want to bring this to your attention because I think Al Horford can still play. I think he can help this team. I think that, you know, he uh, gets criticized for things like basically he has no control of. But I also think that he's trying to take the high road. And he's trying to do everything to not be a distraction. I got accused last night of taking up for him because I felt like, I mean, I was at a press conference and he was sort of misquoted when he said something, we got some things going on in the locker room, da, da, da. Well, basically, he was asked, are you guys doing anything in the locker room to help you guys through this losing streak? Or whatever you're doing. And he responded, yes, we got some things going on in the locker room, but I'd rather not talk about it. Or something like that. I'm paraphrasing right there. But that was a quote. But all over, all you heard was Al Horford says the Sixers got things going on in the locker room. That's all you heard. You never heard the lead-in question. If you did, people just wanted to hear what they wanted to hear. And now I got criticized. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, Al might be one of the coolest dudes I ever interviewed. I don't really know him like that as far as, like, you know, chatting with him. But I'm talking about as far as being accommodating. Has he, has, <clears throat> has he really been accommodating as of late? No. Not as much as he was in the beginning. And, but here's the reason why. Because he's frustrated. He's frustrated. And sometimes there are certain guys who you, you basically, some guys just don't want to talk. Some guys are just nasty. Some guys are just, don't care. They just like, just rude. Just don't care. Different types of dudes. But then you get other guys who sometimes are frustrated and they don't want to talk. Now, if you stop them, they'll talk. But it's some guys who kind of sort of like, well, let me try to get out of here as quiet as I can because I don't want to say the wrong thing. And a lot of times that's Al when he's frustrated because he doesn't want to be the person complaining about his lack of touches, complaining about they got him shooting 12 threes a game, complaining about other things. So... My thing is, before we criticize them, before we talk about how much money the Sixers shelled out and how much they were how much they were ripped off and all this and that, and the guy's a hundred years old and he can't play, he can't do that, ba da da. Think about two things. Think about all the players that came before him 
including Jimmy Butler, who struggled in the regular season in this system because they didn't take advantage of them. I mean, think about it. Jimmy Butler is a pick-and-roll player. The Sixers didn't start doing that until late in the season. Early on, he was in the corner. Yep. A ball-dominant player like Jimmy Butler was in the corner. So, that's just something to think about. And I think that in order for the Sixers to be successful, some things will have to change. And that's why it's best right now for Al to come off the bench. Because then he can be that quarterback of the gym. He can run up and down the court, and, and, and instead of stopping at the three-point line, he can keep going to the run. And they can pass it to him. He can either do a post move, or he can kick it out to an open shooter. You know? So, man. So it's just going to be one of those things. I'll be right back after this commercial break. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now look, yesterday me and Mr. Michael Lee, great guy from the Athletic. Um, heck, if he wasn't from the Athletic, he'd still be a great guy wherever he is. Mike, Mike's a really good guy. Fortunate to call him a friend. Um, but we talked about the Sixers moving forward. You know, I, I want to talk about the Sixers now. I mean, I mean through the first third. We all know it was a disappointment. But I think, really, these three victories they ended with, to me, doesn't really say much. But I think, in a way, they can at least use this as some type of momentum, some type of little confidence boost heading in. Because when you think about it, you know, Memphis is around a 500 team. But they're still, at this particular time, a playoff team. We all know it was home. They beat Memphis. Then they beat Chicago, which is trash, trash right about now. Then they came back and they beat the Clippers. Now, nobody should be surprised that they won these three games. But at least they left and went on a break on a high note. Mental, a high note. And we all know it's going to get easier for them. They do have some tough games, but for the most part, things should, are going to get better for the 76 But the thing that really stands out to me is that, you know, when you look at these two guys, Expect up the guys they acquire, Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson III. As Mike and I were talking about, you know, he's an upgrade. Glenn Robinson III is an upgrade to James Ennis. 
you know, I know that Furcon started the last game. We talked about that. But I believe, Glenn, if you're going to take Al Horford out of the starting lineup, you got to start Glenn. I mean, he's a guy right now that's going to get around there. He's going to stretch the floor. He's going to open things up for Tobias as well. Um, you know, I, I just feel like you don't have to run any plays for him. He's going to be there. Ben's going to love playing for him because playing with him because he's going to bring Ben's assist totals up because this guy is going to catch the ball at the rim. Alley hoop. QL's going to like playing with him because it's going to be more space. And I think that I like Furkan better coming off the bench. Less pressure. I mean, right now, Furkan, there's shooter, 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 shooter. That's what he is. And there's going to be teams in the starting lineup like, hey, we're going to go after the shooter. We're going to attack him. We're going to make sure that he doesn't get a clean look. Defensively, when he's on defense, everybody's going to run at him. They're going to go at the de- go at him. So, you know, I'm just saying that to say that it's one of those things where I think the Sixers could be in a good position. My only like, and I, and one thing I will continue to say, I said yesterday, is that they do have to get better because. These, they're going to play tougher teams and it looks like they may be playing them on the road in the playoffs. They're going to lose home court advantage. So with that being said, they have to play better. They have to get better. But I think that Glenn Rob, Glenn Robinson III and Alec Burke will make them better. I do. I really do. They're a different type of guys. They're not Marco and Ursine. I think that they're way better than defenders. Marco and Ursine could shoot, but they became liabilities. You know, I still think facing Miami is going to be tough in the first round if that's who they get. But, you know, the hope is that Embiid, man, he's healthy this final third and he's in shape going into the playoffs because they haven't had that luxury the last two years at all. So that's what you want. You want to see Embiid healthy. You want to see Embiid in shape. And if all that happens, this team could be dominant. Could be. But everybody else has to get better too, y'all. Real rap. Real rap. But look, I want to thank y'all I'm, I'm kind of like a procrastinator. Like last night, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, the game was on. And I was like, man, I'm watching this game. One of the game, NBA games. It was Indiana playing Milwaukee. And it was like the first quarter. And I was like, man, let me take a little nap. Rest up. Go to sleep. Get up. Start packing. You know, get out of here, you know, do some stuff. Do the podcast early. Man, I woke up, it was, uh, 
It was like 12.30. And I said, okay, I'm going to go to sleep at 2. Go to sleep, get up at 2. Okay. I got up at 2 in the morning. I was up for like maybe 30 minutes. So, all right, I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to go back, go to bed, wake up at 4.30. So I woke up at 4.30. And then I'm like BSing around the house. I'm like in my office doing some things, doing some other things. You know, it's like, man. So I said, look. I got to get this podcast. So now I got to hurry up and <laughs> rush. I have some clothes packed. But uh, for the people there, if y'all see me wearing, like, not having a variety of outfits, then just know that I was procrast- procrastinating. And uh, I apologize if you look at me and I look kind of crazy. <laughs> but look, y'all, I want to thank y'all for listening again. Uh, have a great day and believe me you got to ask yourself is it the player or is it the system I'm not saying that the system is bad but what I'm saying is you may get certain players that don't fit the system and it makes the player look worse than what the player actually is so what you need to do is they need to adjust that system if they want to get the best out of that player Because we all know that Al Horford is not a three-point shooting big. We all know that Al Horford can't basically chase stretch fours. Now, they said that they got him to chase Giannis. That's what they said. But we got to realize he's 33. So, man, remember. Jimmy Butler, at this point last year, people were saying, Jimmy, what happened to Jimmy? Before that, everybody was killing Jared Bayless after they were like, wow, he's a good point, quality point guard. He's going to be an upgrade from Ish Smith. Oh, we got Trevor Booker. We got the enforcer. And then you see him hitting corner, shooting corner threes. So, you feel me? All right, y'all. Peace. And that's right, players. Make sure you go out there and get them, uh, get those flowers, get the candy, get the chocolate. And if you got a little lady, little girl, daughter, make sure you go get her something, too. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.